Hello, my name is Jen Hickey. Welcome to the WEN podcast, a series of conversations with people as they share their WEN moments. Recognizing these times can change our destiny, help us to stop hiding behind the past or clinging to a future that may or may not happen. This podcast is about recognizing the power of the WEN moments. Hi guys, welcome back to the WEN podcast and the second series all about wellness. So in the last episode with Avine Bannon, we are discussing osteoporosis or brittle bone disease. And what you may not know is that this disease can affect everyone, male or female, young or old. It used to be considered the old person's disease, but that's not the case anymore. And for most people in Ireland, it is only diagnosed after breaking a bone. So we're talking everything from prevention and then what we can do to help ourselves if we find ourselves with osteoporosis. Remember, you can contact Avine or any one of her team at dnc.ie or Google the Irish osteoporosis.ie for further information about this disease. Okay, so we are back with Avine Bannon um, and today we are going to talk about osteoporosis. So welcome back, Avine. I'm not delighted to be here. Um, okay, so osteoporosis is, it's a really, really, I mean, it's a silent disease. I was literally, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, and, <laughs> and increasingly, like years ago, uh, you know, you would have thought of it as an old woman's disease. Mm. But increasingly we're seeing, um, it's actually more common, obviously a lot more common, mm. and in men. Oh yeah, and I think, you know, it's, because it's silent and I think there's a, an association of a lot of people still thinking that it's an older person's disease it gets forgotten about and I even know with working with you know as you know I work with kids even with eating disorders when I try and get a DEXA scan for them sometimes there's some places that won't do them do a DEXA scan below the age of 21 yet we'll know that that child probably is developing osteoporosis Gosh. and it's you know I suppose it's trying to really create the awareness out there of people going, you know, this is something to look out for because mm. I, I suppose you don't tend to know you have it until you have a fracture or yeah, something yeah. happens or or you get a DEXA scan. So, you know, and then once you have have it, it's hard to reverse it. You know, you can reverse osteopenia, you can't reverse osteoporosis. Yeah, and that is, th- th- that's the, the danger. So mm. if, if you catch it early enough, yeah. but I suppose really what we should be talking about is prevention in the first place because... Exactly. You know, and, and actually just, you know, even listening to you there scares me because a, ch- a child developing osteoporosis mm-hmm. now, would that be down to diet or could that be genetics? Oh, ma- mainly diet. Really? If, uh, okay. In a young child, well, not when I say young child, in a teen, for example, it'll quite often be to do with um, over-exercise would yeah. be one issue. Um, under-eating, over-exercise, it could be weight loss. Um, you know, if you lose, if you miss three periods in a row, you're at risk of osteopenia. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the, the, the hormonal health is such an important part of our bone health. So, and unfortunately, when you're talking to a teenager, they're kind of like, oh, you're grand. And they're not thinking <laughs> they're not about worried. that. I no. mean, I once had, this will live with me forever, but I once had a girl who was 19 who broke her toe putting her sock on. Oh, my God. And that's how she discovered she had osteoporosis. Um, and was and she, did she have an eating disorder or? She didn't have an eating disorder. She ate well, but she overexercised. Okay. So it was over-exercise and had lost her period as a result of over-exercise and kept thinking that if she ate more food, it would be okay. But what she needed to do was pull back in the exercise. So when you say over-exercise, you're talking hours and hours? Yeah, you're talking about this thing called the female athlete, athlete triad. I don't know if you've heard it before. It's like the balance between somebody's weight 
um, their kind of hormones and exercise, mm. you know, making sure they all work together. And sometimes people can fall into a pattern where there's too much kind of um, cardio endurance exercise where they're running like every day and then they're like doing a hit class or they're doing too much stuff but they're not eating enough. Okay, so the body's not getting enough time to repair either. Exactly, and they're doing it every day. There's not a case of like every second day or, you know, balancing it with some yoga or anything like that. They're just full on. So that must be very tricky then for an athlete. Well, you see, I suppose athletes are, will have more education, hopefully, Mm -hmm. around nutrition. Yeah. And what happens is, you see, you might, for somebody like that, they might overexercise, they might lose their period and then they start adding more food in. But really at that point, they need to stop the exercise to get the period back. Whereas hopefully so it's not just about upping the calories. No, it's okay. the balance of the two, whereas an athlete hopefully will have more education in terms of making sure they're having enough fuel for their exercise. OK, so we, we spoke in a previous podcast just about bone formation. Mm. So just to explain that bone is a living tissue that constantly yeah. kind of breaks down and repairs itself as you age. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically um, our bones are alive tissue. We are 95 percent of our bone formation takes place by the age of 18. So your bone health... Is that girls and boys, same? Yep, same. And your bone health at that kind of 18, 19 years old will kind of indicate how your bone health is going to be when you're 40, 50, okay? So it's a really good indication. So that's why calcium is so, so, so important in those teenage years, okay? And that's why they need five servings from calcium-rich foods every day. And then in adulthood, we're trying to kind of maintain that bone bone mass. So, you know, we, we lose a little bit every day and we replenish it through calcium. And you need then about three servings of calcium-rich foods in your diet every day as an adult. And then, to top it all off, as you age, you lose your calcium, or sorry, you lose your bone mass exactly. quicker. So I know, it's really depressing. It's, <laughs> gosh, yeah, we're full of the joys here. Um, you know, and particularly in women, as we Yeah, reach. well, you're lean, so uh, muscle mass and protein, I find this area really interesting. So your protein requirements are lower when you're younger. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people think, oh, they're growing, they need loads of protein. They actually don't. They just need loads of calories, okay, while they're growing. And then we kind of, you know, in our 20s and 30s, everything is great. And we have kind of, we're using lean, we're content to maintain our lean muscle mass. And then we start to get closer to 40. We start to kind of lose our lean muscle mass. And every year we'll lose a percentage of it unless we up our protein and exercise. So are we talking about sarcopenia here? Yes, you know, okay. you're, well, yes, you, we, we have a natural loss of lean muscle mass. And if it goes too far, you have sarcopenia, you know what I mean? So you okay. can kind of manage it. And that's why. So if you look at we think that we estimate that people um, say the age of 18, they need about 20 grams roughly of protein at a meal time. And then when you get to 55, you might need up to 40 grams of protein at a meal time. So your protein requirements increase as you get older. OK. OK. And your calcium, obviously, Needs to be maintained. You need maintained. to maintain that calcium as you yeah. get older. So you have to be careful. As you get older, you need a little bit less calories, but you need more protein. And the other thing is to look at protein absorption. So we have, we're not talking about a high protein diet here. We're talking about optimal protein. Which is? So basically we know you, we can't really absorb more than, say, but roughly on average, say 30 grams of protein at a meal time. And then as we get older, it might be up to 40 grams at a meal time. Okay. Having any more than that at one meal, there's no benefit. So say, for example, you have um, tea and toast for breakfast, a bowl of vegetable soup for lunch, and then you have your big, huge steak in the evening time with loads of protein. Mm. There's no benefit to doing that. What you need to do is make sure you had protein, have an egg with that toast, put some lentils or beans in that soup, and then you have your fillet steak in the evening time. 
Okay. So you're getting the protein evenly spread throughout the day. So that means your body is going to utilize and absorb 100% of the protein you're eating. Okay. So I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then w- what's important, obviously, as well for prevention mm. is weight bearing exercise. Yeah. So you have to get the balance right of the weight bearing exercise, like, you know, walking, I mean, running, like you'll know more about that than I mm. will, you know, in mm. terms of kind of keeping active. Coupled with your calcium, coupled with your protein, not one of them will do it alone. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think together. you know people, you know, fall into a trap of thinking they need to be doing loads and loads and loads of weight bearing exercise. I mean, yeah. you know, walking is great, yeah. uh, running is is great as well. But I think what's important to say is that if you've already developed, if you're diagnosed with osteoporosis, mm-hmm. it's important that you get help and support actually with your exercise regime mm-hmm. because you can't all of a sudden just start running or yeah, start loading yourself. up with weights because yeah. you, you could actually give yourself a fracture that way and you see to look at the other factors as well is that if you look at as you get older and i'm saying we you know you might need a little bit less calories you find a bit more weight or you know you're trying to manage all of that you should be really careful say look at the calcium that you know where remember we need fat to absorb the fat soluble vitamins vitamin d which help you absorb calcium and magnesium and all those components so we have to keep that balance right gosh it's a, it, this is a mine it is a minefield it is a minefield so i think the the most important thing is you know um okay i'm, I'm a big fan of my my latte every day mm-hmm. but i mean to me i kind of go you see i'm getting my calcium serving <laughs> okay so i look at a my milky coffee every day as going tick i've got a calcium serving i make my porridge on milk in the morning because i'm like you know i want to get my calcium in mm-hmm. whereas i would meet a lot of people who go oh, i make my porridge in water to save calories I don't like milk. If you don't like it, it's like... It's just... Now, I do... You like I like kefir, yeah. yeah. Because there's a, I don't know what it is. The smell of milk. I just... Well, see, I can't even stomach it. And I've always been like that. I've never yeah, so really... You probably have. Like lactose intolerance. I mean, you think... I mean, we didn't really get much choice growing up. Like, we had to have it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, some people... And my two poor brothers are completely lactose intolerant. And, like, we always had a glass of milk with our dinners every night. Whereas I loved it. Yeah. Um, and I like just don't, I don't, I don't know what it is with the smell of it. Now I will do the kefir and I'll get yeah. this, this and that's, and that's, that's a, really good for calcium. Yeah. So great. So at mm. least I suppose I'm getting that. Mm. But vitamin D, considering we're living in like a really, really sunny country, not. <laughs> uh, so we should all be supplementing vitamin 100%. D. 100%. And I mean, I even saw something today in a newspaper, which kind of worried me a little bit. They were like, oh, recipes with an abundance of vitamin D. And I was like, hang on a second, that doesn't really exist because vitamin D, like we need, say we go on the 10 micrograms a day that we need, like um, an egg will give you one microgram. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're not going to get it through diet. Um, uh, some oily fish will give you about maybe 12 to 16 micrograms, but again, you're not eating it every day. Mm-hmm. So it's really difficult to get it through food alone. People talk about mushrooms. Mushrooms have a small amount, but it's in D2, not D3, which Crikey. isn't quite as bioavailable. But I mean, it's still complementary and it's good, but we need a supplement. Okay. You know, you're and not and clearly as well, alone. even if you are living in a country with loads of sun, you could be lashing on the sunscreen because we have to be careful exactly. with that. And then you and don't absorb the vitamin D. Yeah, so just across the board, everybody should be mm. supplementing that. And is that including children as well? Yeah, I have all of mine out. Okay, and yeah, any any particular type? Um, no, you know, what's, what's on best value I tend to go for. So it's not like, mean? you know, the, there's the sprays and then there's yeah, drops. Yeah, I mean, we do the, t- I mean, I get the kids are on like multi, a multivitamin that has it in it. And I just get the individual tablet ones. Um, the only one who doesn't, my husband doesn't take it, even though I give them to him, but there you go. Yeah. But like, it's, you know, trying to, Usually I just go with the tablet phone. I, I buy the 25 microgram ones because I'm not good at remembering to take it every day. Mm-hmm. So I tend to probably take it three times a week. 
Okay. And just because I know I'm not good at remembering every day, I buy the higher dose because I yeah. know I don't take it every day. But if you're good at taking it You can't it really day, overdose in it, can you? Or? Well, you can, yeah. Like with anything you can, you know. Or like, mm. I suppose the but key we're thing not, to remember like, is... But we're not, like, vitamin D is a hormone. Am I right in saying that? It's, well, it's, it has, it's different. So basically, one thing to think about is there's no benefit to having more than having less having more than you need right okay that's one thing to think about so too much of anything isn't a good thing and then vitamin d is involved in so many different functions including like kind of hormonal and bone health and it's involved in so many fun and immune support hugely important for immune support so there's so many different functions of it but having more than you need won't give you any extra benefit okay so you don't need to be doubling and tripling your your dose basically okay so prevention is better so we're talking lots yeah. of calcium vitamin d weight bearing exercise running jogging you know the weights do not have to be really really super heavy that's something else you know people kind of think oh god we need to be in the gym lifting really you, you don't again it's the same thing people think that more is better yeah pilates yoga yeah. anything weight bearing at yeah. all that where you're putting your body under a certain amount of stress yeah. that it needs to kind of start you know re building the bone and I suppose what we can't forget are calories mm. because there's no point if you have like just exactly the measurement of protein and you're taking your calcium by be it by supplement or by food if you're not getting enough calories that's going to have an impact too so you know we we find sometimes that people say oh no I have my milk I do that but their calorie intake is very poor they're just not eating their energy requirements therefore the body's under stress so enough calories is very, very important too. Mm. And then sometimes, given that we live in Ireland, and one of the other reasons why p- potentially we have high incidence is because of celiac disease. So undiagnosed celiac disease is often picked up with osteoporosis. Okay. Because so, um, they're not absorbing, is it, is it? Exactly. So we would have picked up people with, they suddenly have osteoporosis and they really would be quite confused by it. And then they find out that they have celiac disease and that's why they have it. They haven't been absorbing. So... We do look at other factors as well to make sure, like we rule out celiac disease, look at the calorie intake, the protein intake, calcium intake, and their fat intake to make sure they're balancing everything right. And then obviously look at exercise as well. So just briefly then, for celiac, what would some of the symptoms for that be, just in case? Well, see, celiac is one of those ones that um, you can be asymptomatic, okay, or you can have very... Diff, you know, upset stomach, diarrhea, different problems. And that's why, you know, I mean, irritable bowel, we talk about irritable mm. bowel a lot, you know, different people. We don't like treating somebody for IBS until celiac disease has been ruled out. So usually we say, like, have gone to your GP, first of all, had a blood test for celiac to make sure that's not what the issue is. So is that a very common practice thing now to just do that blood Rule test? Out, particularly in Ireland. Yeah. Like, it's such a high incidence. Like, one in, one in 100 people are estimated to have celiac disease in Ireland. And they think that actually might be higher than that. Crikey, yeah. why? Do, um, is there any reason? I don't know. I, I keep coming back to like some lecturer years ago saying to us it was because of inbreeding, which is probably really <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> but I remember him saying that and we were like sitting, you know, you're taking all your notes to class and we we're all like, excuse me? <laughs> oh my God, oh God. But it is particularly and more common on the west coast of Ireland as well. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But it's one of those, because I know I have a friend who's South African and her daughter has it. And she was like, it's so unusual there. Like, you know, it's just... Can really it be genetic? Uh, oh, it is. Yeah, it can be genetic. Like it's an autoimmune disease. So it can be genetic or it can just appear. But I mean, if it's in like if it's say, for example, if one of your kids ha- had it, you would check the whole family. Right. Yeah, you would check the whole family. So it can. It is genetic linked to it. But it's it's something that, you know, years ago, we would have been then packing in the calcium and all these different things and then forgetting that actually there was an absorption issue. 
Um, and then something else to think about with calcium supplementation is, is recommended now that it's, it's taken in conjunction with magnesium. So the ratio should be two to one of calcium to magnesium. So is it o- enough to just get your over-the-counter calcium supplement again, a chemist? You don't it have can to be, be absolutely, okay. yeah, you can do. You can get your one and make sure it's like you'd be kind of aiming for about 800 milligrams of calcium a day, but make sure there's magnesium and preferably vitamin D with it as well. All three together. All three together. And could they be in the tablet together? Exactly. So it makes life much easier and you can take it that way. Sometimes they might have zinc with them as well and you can take it in that format. Any side effects of taking them? No, I mean, you know, the calcium chew is the one that's often prescribed, which is really, really good. Um, and then some calcium ones, like calcium can constipate some people. Okay. okay? Mm. But then usually, you know, rather than not take the calcium supplement, we say up the fibre. Fair okay? enough. So like you just kind of balance it out that way. Yeah. So you need to go back um, to the plant-based yeah. eating podcast. Go, exactly. <laughs> so some people kind of go, oh, it'll constipate me. And like, no, no, wait and see if it does. It's not automatically going to constipate you. Wait and see if it does. And then like up the fibre to accommodate yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So... obviously we're talking about prevention here but Mm. then you know as we age particularly in women as we approach menopause we start to lose our our bone mass rapidly like really really quickly once you drop your estrogen we've lost the cardio protective effect and we lose the bone protective effect so once the estrogen drops we've lost that so we really need to be careful of minding our bone mass but is it true that you could be eating and drinking all the calcium till the cows come home Mm. but you could be still losing well, it also depends on the overall diet, okay? So if you, like, again, like, you know, there's no point taking loads of calcium if you've no vitamin D. Mm. Or, like, you need magnesium and you need phosphorus as well. Like, you need different components with it. And you need calories. And we need to look at the whole pic- kind of factor. But, mm-hmm. yes, we will come across some people who their calcium intake can look good. And it's, you know, the bones aren't okay. And but they could be look- perhaps not exercising. They could, we need you to know. look at other factors. We need to look at, because, again, I suppose it comes back to, you know, me and my synergy. But everything works together. So if you're, ex- you know, if you're doing your weight bearing exercise, getting your calcium in daily, because mm. sometimes with the calcium, people are going, oh, I'm really good. I have it. But they're not really doing it every day. You know yeah. What I mean? They're kind of. And, and looking at the sex hormones as well being really it's important. Like really, really important. Um, and then looking at like protein as well. Like the protein is really important. So, you know, they could be taking the calcium, but then, you know, they're skipping a meal a day, for example, or, you know, and skipping a meal can have an impact because, you know, all these You're things affect the stress hormones mm. and different things in the body as well. So you've really looking at, you know, they talk about the circadian rhythm, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, eating within the daylight hours and kind of, you know, nourishing your body during the daylight when it's active. Um, and think of how many people might save all their calories for the evening time or, you know, different things that they do, whether intentionally or not, that it can be come back to basics of making sure that they're having it. But I think always having if they can have some calcium based food at breakfast time it really helps but even it can be like it could be silken tofu and it's you know you can use mm. that oh there's lots of calcium and tofu there's calcium and tofu it can be like cow's milk it can be a soya milk what you about know, nuts vegetables again you see the the amount you'd have to they they're complementary sources but not okay. really a good source because of the fibers yeah. so the amount you'd have to have to get enough but they're definitely complementary okay you know what i mean so that's why even with plant-based diets, we would say have a fortified milk because it's hard to get enough from plant-based alone. Mm. Yeah. And then you see, you look at individuals. Like some people, their their bones will be perfectly healthy and they, they don't even need a huge amount of calcium. Mm. But they just have, it's just, you know, genetically, that's just, the way yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah. It's just and, I, and also to note as well, I know we're, we're talking heavily about women, but mm. it is on the increase in men. It is, definitely. It's on the increase in men. And what we've... 
see you at men again. It can be the exercise factor. It can be something there. You know, as in not doing it over exercising. Over exercising. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a real middle ground. You know, what's the right amount to do for your body and you know for your headspace? Um, what about medications? Yeah, some not. There steroids, are for example, steroids asthma. One, that's the one I'm thinking of. Is steroids? Yeah. Like I have a lung condition, so like I spent. God, ages like 15 to 20 on steroids. And obviously back then we didn't know if you're on steroids, mm. particularly long term, you should be on a calcium supplement. Okay, yeah, so yeah. So quite grateful now for my glass of milk with my dinner. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. But um, it's something, yeah, like uh, steroids can increase urinary losses of calcium. So you need to either replenish more. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So they would be, yeah, we'd say either up the dietary sources or take a supplement. Yeah. So if you are diagnosed with osteoporosis mm. or let's start with osteopenia because you can reverse that. That's the good that. news. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So first of all, all women of a certain age anyway mm. should be getting a DEXA scan. It's completely painless. It's mm. quick. Have you it's, had one? I, d- I have had one actually. I've never had one. Isn't that ridiculous? Not? Yeah, I, know, no, I tell I, anybody else to have them. Yeah, I haven't done it myself. I did. Yet. And you know why? Because years ago I was having this terrible back pain and, and, it, and actually just because I teach Pilates myself I would be very aware of mm. all this kind of stuff and I just went to my doctor myself and I asked and yeah. I was referred on so it is uh, it is easy enough obviously mm. to get one you just yeah. need to go to your doctor and, and ask and, and it's painless it's 100% pain. It takes 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Well, I, I, want, I think, I mean, it's ridiculous that I haven't done it yet. I think any woman kind of particularly over the age of 40 yeah. should have one done. Mm. Just to even get a baseline, you know, where, know yeah. where you're at mm. heading into kind of. Yeah, because as we said, sometimes people find out that they've osteoporosis having had a fall. Yeah. And the scary thing is that if you've had a fall and you're over the age of 50 or 60, you know, chances are. That well, you, the the rate of death is actually quite high it's because of high. other complications Absolutely. associated with the yeah. fall. So and that's the scary bit. It's really scary because you know someone fall like they break their hips and they get pneumonia. They, I mean, it's actually really scary, mm. particularly as you get you know as you get older. It's something to think about. Yeah. Um. And you you could also be kind of limited in your daily function then if you. Well, you know what confidence. That's mm. the other thing is it can really knock someone's confidence about going out again. So you know somebody. In their 70s, for example, if they fall and get a fracture, they are more nervous going out the next time. They can just have, a, you know, it depends again on the personality, but it can really have an impact from that point of view. Yeah. And even just functioning around the house and doing different jobs. But it's something to bear in mind that it's you don't want to wait till you get to that point. Yes. Yeah. And it's very easy to change habits in your day to day life to help strengthen your bones. Mm-hmm. So it's something, be it. I think a really good point is to kind of think about the fact of it's not just older women, it's now younger women and it's also men and it's teenagers. So we're seeing it all across the board. So if we talk about osteopenia, if you have osteopenia, you first of all, you look at your calcium supplement. So what I would do if a girl loses her period, I will put her on a calcium supplement until she gets it back. Okay. I just kind of as a safety net to do that. Um, so we look at the calcium intake, we'll look at their protein intake. The exercise then comes into play depending on if they're over-exercising or not. Yeah, but also, you know, you, you do have to be so careful. Yeah. You, you can't just start randomly, you know, if you've already got osteoporosis yeah. or osteopenia, you know, adding in the weight. You just have to be very careful and make sure you go yeah. to somebody that knows what, oh, the, what yeah, they're doing. Oh, yeah, like just like started taking up or the couch to 5K or any of these things just going, okay, that's it, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort this out myself. Yeah. Like, and that's not to say don't do it, but you just you need just have to be a little bit of advice, yeah. Exactly, just seek guidance on it. But if you look at that, I think people are quite good at looking at the calcium, the protein, they'll do all that, but don't forget the calories. Because if one thing I've learned in the last few years is that people forget 
how our bodies actually need about 2000 calories every day. Bless you. So is that just aimed at kind of women our age? Again, we're kind of body conscious. Our bodies are changing. We're getting older, trying maybe to kind of slow that down. Um, heading towards menopause, you know, all these different things, the possibility of HRT or mm. not, or, you know, there's so many different factors um, that can help, though, with, with bones. Uh, and don't rule anything out. I think trust the experts. Because I think particularly... No worries. <coughs> Go for it. Sorry. Particularly what I find is that there's a certain kind of cohort who are very mistrustful of almost the experts. They've read online, they've heard somebody say, I shouldn't do this, or a friend said, and they become nervous of trusting the experts Mm. and nervous of things like, say, for example, HRT, if that's the right choice for them, or taking dairy or whatever it is is the right thing for them, they might be nervous. So it's really helping support somebody in that, what are they nervous about? Mm -hmm. And helping them understand that, but letting them know that trust the experts who want to help you yeah they don't have a hidden agenda no 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 and and you know as you approach kind of menopause and perhaps you're in perimenopause the rate that you're losing estrogen which can then affect the rate that you're losing your bone it's it's it happens really really quick and actually in in a year you can go from being okay to not exactly and you don't necessarily know it's happening at the beginning because you're not sure if it's happening no but you don't know because you haven't perhaps broken a bone or you don't you don't realize it and suddenly it's it's too late so i think is trying to think about the factor of, I think calcium is one that we're quite good at making sure our kids have it quite often. And then we forget about ourselves as we get older. And then people trying to cut calories or on the perception that it's bad for you, they pull back on certain foods. So if you don't like, it doesn't have to come from milk. And that's really important. It can come from kefir, your so- uh, tahini. Tahini actually will I have love, some calcium. Oh, I love tahini. <coughs> <coughs> that's okay don't worry don't worry um you must be frozen with the window are you oh well i've my long sleeve thermals on i this is my i do this every day oh god yeah. okay um so sorry tahini is something else that actually can have a little bit of calcium in it too so there are you know plant-based foods that you can use it should be your tofu tahini silken tofu can be really beneficial or your cow's milk or your soya milk corn corn though ah yeah unfortunately it. not that's the iron but just make sure are you having your three servings a day mm, gosh probably not mm. so it's trying to balance that out. i'm like definitely I, not I think of it. yeah like i say i'm good at getting my two in every day definitely mm. i get two servings in a day and then there's days that i get three and they're the days that i might have a tin of tuna with my lunch or some nuts mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm consistently getting my three a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I do, but I do get my two. Um, I'm definitely now going to be more aware of that. Yeah. And I've just been aware of it. Yeah. So if you have been diagnosed with osteoporosis, all is not lost. No. It's, it's absolutely not lost. So you, you can, and you can, like, you can't reverse it, but you can kind of stop it in its tracks. If you know what I mean, you can kind yeah. of stop it getting further. But I think the key thing is not just assuming that I'm fine. Yes because you don't know until you've had a DEXA scan. Mm. And once you've had one, then you know what your baseline is. And it's kind of good to know your numbers. A bit like at our age, you should know what your cholesterol is. Yeah. It's just know what your baseline is. So yeah. you kind of know going forward. Yeah. So if, have you, what, so if you have been diagnosed with osteoporosis, obviously you, the chances are you'll be taking some sort of medication. Yeah. Um, and then looking at the diet and then slowly starting to increase some sort of weight-bearing exercise. Yeah, and I think... 
and I actually think, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, but I think diet-wise, you can kind of get good enough advice in terms of what to do with diet, or you can talk to an expert in it, mm. and you'll get your medication. But I think it's good to actually go and talk to somebody, in a fitness expert, and what to do, because that's what I have noticed, is people just go hell for leather into the exercise. Yeah, and actually, oh, it's... So, you know, it, as a Pilates instructor, mm. it, there are certain kind of movements that you should avoid yeah. if you are if you have osteoporosis depending mm. on the level um you know and uh, yoga pilates it's all fantastic but actually a lot of loaded kind of flexion based exercise puts a huge amount of pressure on the spine flexion mm. as in rounding say forward okay. so you just you just have to be very very careful yeah, see, i wouldn't have known um, that yeah, I mean, so there's things that people do need to be more aware of. Yeah, so it's just even having a conversation or going to somebody perhaps that knows that can explain to you, you know, the, do this, don't do that or kind of avoid this. Yeah. And it's not to say because obviously we, we're doing flexion, picking something up off the ground. So we all do it. We just need to be careful how yeah. we do it. And there are ways that you can make it a bit easier and you know, increasing, maybe doing some weights, some, yeah. you know, lifting some weights. It doesn't have to be big. You start small. That's really important. And increasing it, going for your walks. You know, you can get these amazing weighted vests now oh, really? that you put on. Um, and obviously then you can add in, you know, slowly again. Yeah. I'm not saying do it all at once. So you might put in like one kilo in the weight, uh, mm. sorry, in the vest. And then you go for your walk. And then you've, you know, the, yeah, the okay. next week you add in another one. And Because I recently bought those wrist ones. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, you can yeah. Put on. So exactly, like, you, and you you're yeah. just—it it kind of sits on you, literally like a vest, yeah. and then you just slot in your weights. Now, you're, obviously, you're not going to throw twenty kilos in there, clearly not. Yeah. So, um, you know, you just have to be careful. You're just adding in the weights, and all of a sudden, you're increasing your your bone density that way. Yeah, and I think it's something to just to kind of—it's—it's it's not something to overly worry about, but it's something not to assume that you're fine because it it does take work. Yeah. And I think, I suppose, if you're somebody who's historically a bit of a dieter or tend to follow different diet trends or tend to restrict a little bit with food, be careful because sometimes it can be a simple thing as making sure you have enough calories for all the nutrients you take to be able to do the jobs they need to do. Yeah, And, and as well, you know, if you've, if you've had an eating disorder in the past, yeah. that's a kind of a, a warning sign yeah. or... Unfortunately, just as we age, that's a risk factor. If you've already fallen and broken a bone, that's another risk factor of the chances of it happening yeah. again are much higher. And um, there is a great website, irishosteoporosis.ie, uh, society that has uh, lots of different um, questions that you can go in and ask yeah. just to see, are you at high risk? It's great advice on IMDI it. the IMDI have a good, um, they have some information as well in terms of the diet around it. But the Osteoporosis Society are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. They're so really I would encourage brilliant. everyone to go on. What was the other one you mentioned there? The INDI is the Irish Nutrition and Dietetic Institute. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, and also, of course, we have yourself. What's your website again? Uh, the www.dnc.ie for Dub Nutrition Centre. Okay, brilliant. Thanks a million, Avian, again for a very informative. Very welcome. Thank you. Guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, maybe you could share it and subscribe to the podcast and come and check us out at the When Podcast.